Welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Erich. I'm the founder of 1000 Hours Outside. And today we have a special guest, actually my oldest friend who has ever been on the podcast, Megan Nowaki. Welcome. Thank you. So good to be here. (laughs) This is so cool. So oldest friend going all the way back to high school for me and probably Mm -hmm. middle school for you. I was thinking recently about how so often in childhood, we are siphoned off according to our ages. Mm -hmm. And you and I are three grades apart. But because we were involved in church music together, we became Mm -hmm. good friends. I never felt like I was that much older, but maybe you did. (laughs) No, I I did the math. It's uh, 26 years we've been friends. (laughs) Oh, Oh, it's the best. I know. Wow. That's the coolest. And so what a neat thing that we were able to connect so many years ago. And now we are mothers in the same season. We have kids that are the same age and they're dear friends. And so it's just such a gift. And actually our husbands are friends. We've been in each other's weddings. The whole thing, it's just been an awesome 26 years. So I love the saying, make new friends, but keep the old. Yes, absolutely. So it's so thrilled that you're here. You had a new ebook that just came out called Bougie on a Budget. And so we're going to be talking about that, a guide to hospitality that's good for your soul and your wallet. But I want mm-hmm. people to get to know you, my oh. memories of you. So we, we did a fashion bug modeling <laughs> show together. And yes. we just did a lot. We did, I think, just a lot of things together. And you have always been... You know, I think in a season of life, especially middle school and high school, where everyone assimilates and everyone Mm -hmm. does the same thing and everyone's sort of looking around and trying to copy each other. You have always been like this shining star that's like, I'm going to do whatever I want to (laughs) do just from whenever I met you. So you're like, okay, well, everyone else is going to come to camp and they're going to all wear the same clothes and I'm going to show up with my comforter and (laughs) and all my clothes are hung up on hangers and You know, so, and you've been like that the whole time. And I just think it makes life more fun because you bring all this variety to it. And you've never had this complex of, well, no one else is doing this. And it's like, you can see that it lights you up and you can see that it is what your soul is driving you to do. And you do it. And so you have continued to be that to this day, just very intentional, it seems, about finding what you love and putting it out into the world. So your Instagram and a website, which I know you're working on, and you have created this thing called the Bluebird's Nest. Mm -hmm. So just give us a background. Why did you do it? How did you end up here? Yeah, it was just kind of a... um you know, it started out as just a little blog, you know, back in the day, a little WordPress blog that my mom read, I think, and probably you and a couple of your friends. <laughs> um, and then my, you know, really with the encouragement of my husband, Dave, um, you know, he kept saying, you, you have so much to share. Like, why don't you, you know, like push it a little further. And, you know, so I started doing that and it's really just about create, I love bluebirds, but it's about creating your nest, your home, um, making it comfortable, of course, for yourself and for your family and then um, extending that, opening it up to other people to come in. Because I think that that's just something I love to do. I, I want people to feel at home when they're in my home. And they do. Yeah, thank you. And I want to, you know, hopefully inspire people to know that they can do this too. It's not just exclusive to me or, you know, anybody. Everybody can host and be hospitable. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. you have this a little bit in your family history. Mm-hmm. Your grandma was a baker yes. in Detroit. 
Yeah, she was a pastry chef at the Detroit Athletic Club when she moved here from Canada. That was her job. And, um, you know, I kind of feel like it's one of those things where I, I was very close to my grandma and I loved her so much. But I was really young kind of when she passed away. And I always wish that I could have learned more from her. Mm-hmm. But I do kind of feel like when I'm doing these things that I'm doing it uh, to her honor. You know, like I yeah. think that she would be if, if God lets us glimpse down from heaven, I hope that he lets her see what I'm baking Aww. and what I'm doing. And I hope she's proud. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. A little bit of family history there. So, yeah. you know, your mom, you've got two kids, you're homeschooling. Mm-hmm. At what point did you decide, I want to put this out in the world, what I'm doing? Yeah, I think, um, gosh, I've always been a, a creative person. And, you know, in years past, it's been creative with music and singing and writing and doing those things. And then when I became a mom and priorities kind of shifted, I still wanted to be creative. I have this drive. I think we all do this drive to create something. And um, I just feel like I can't help it as I have to put some kind of creativity out into the world. And so mm-hmm. instead of, you know, days in a studio recording songs or, you know, doing it became making meals and sharing them with people and putting up tons of decorations and sharing how I do that or doing crafts or whatever it is. So I just kind of recently decided like over the last probably year and a half or so to get more serious about it and say like, Hey, if anybody wants to look at this, I'm going to put it out. Yeah. (laughs) It's scary. It is. Yeah. (laughs) It is. It's scary. I know. I'm like, everyone hates it, you know, but (laughs) but people have been really sweet. So yeah, it's what our souls kind of call us to do. I think you just Mm got to step forward into it. So you came out with an ebook. People want to find you. So let's start here. People want to find you. Where can they find you? Uh, I am on Instagram as underscore the bluebirds nest underscore. Um, you know, somebody had already taken my little name, so <laughs> I had to get creative. Um, so we have that. And then I'm also on Facebook as the Bluebird's Nest. Mm-hmm. And this ebook that we're talking about is on a website called Pensite, And it's a little bit longer of a URL. So I'll make sure I put that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So that's yes. where people can find you. And we'll recap at the end. We'll do the same thing just Perfect. so nobody misses it. Okay. So you came out with an ebook. It's a 50 page yeah. ebook. It mm-hmm. just launched last week yeah. to huge success. People are yeah. loving it. My mom, it, talking about our moms. I saw my mom yeah. yesterday. She was like, how can I get Megan's ebook? <laughs> I, love and I was like, well, you know, we could buy it. It would be on your phone. And she was like, right. oh, well, could you print it out for me? And like a whole thing. I tried to print it for a long time and it didn't work. I'm like, I'll get you a copy. <laughs> so everyone is interested. My mom brought it up out of the blue. So I was oh, like, oh, okay, that's great. It's called Bougie on a Budget. So tell us why that was your first ebook? Yes. Well, I kind of just wanted to show I've done several events. I'm kind of always doing little events, little family events or um, events for other people on a smaller scale. I do the baking and, and catering thing from time to time. But whenever I do an event, inevitably and very kindly, I have people ask me, how do you do this? How is it that you're you know, able to accomplish all this? I could never do it. And I think to myself, yes, you could. And for me Aww. to just tell someone how to do it, I think would maybe get lost a little in translation. So what I wanted to do was kind of organize all the information in a way that people could refer back to it and say, okay, 
I want to host this tea, like a child's tea party. And okay, so I'm going to look at this book and say, this was the general budget and these are the recipes and I can do this. I can recreate this. So um, that's what I wanted to do. And also, I think people sometimes think that doing something that looks extravagant can cost just so much money when it's really not the case. You can do a lot with a little. You really can't. And yeah. so you go, you actually go through the budget, which mm-hmm. is so cool. Like you have it all priced out in this book. So mm-hmm. it say, look, you're, you want to throw this party? It's going to cost you $12 a person. So mm-hmm. there we go. You can scale up or scale down yeah. depending yeah. on how much, if you want to spend $25 then invite one other person. Yeah, <laughs> you know? totally. If you want to spend a hundred, then you can have some yeah. more friends there. So you can kind of determine your budget based on how many people you want to invite mm-hmm. or spend time with, which is fantastic. Okay. And a lot of these are outside. And mm-hmm. I know that you have hosted many outdoor things. So mm-hmm. a children's tea party is one. I yep. came to a Mother's Day tea at your yep. home that was outside. Harp playing, mm-hmm. you know, a harpist is Nellie <laughs> playing yes. outside. And so that yep. was beautiful. And then we came to your house and did the Pinewood Derby, mm-hmm. which was an outside yep. event. So if people look through this, it's coming out in the summer. Obviously, people live in different climates and different parts of the world. But there are great ideas in here for doing things outdoors, which Mm -hmm. is helpful depending on your house size. Or if you live like, let's say, in an apartment or something like that, you could take this and do it at the local park, Mm -hmm. like the children's tea party. So I think sometimes it just helps. It helps people to entertain in ways that work with their space. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's so nice to have the option for outside. I mean, because my house is not huge. So for me to try to have 50 guests or something, you know, would be crazy. So it's like, hey, just take advantage of these local services where you can rent a tent or a covering or something just in case of bad weather raining on your food and you can totally move everything right outside. Yeah, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. So this one, you've got five things in this one with a lot of things mixed in. So a girls Mm -hmm. game night, which is really fun, the tea party, which is Mm -hmm. great for birthdays. And actually Mm -hmm. you did this one for your niece. Mm -hmm. A fancy family dinner, gourmet grilling and charcuterie. (laughs) Nice, (laughs) Megan, nice for two. So there's a lot in this one. Like I said, it's 50 pages. Let's pick one to talk about. Mm -hmm. You pick. Um, You know, I think that the the gourmet grilling was a fun one just because it was a larger like kind of family event. And um, I really like this one because my husband did most of the cooking. So (laughs) that was good. Um, And we kind of did this for a Father's Day celebration. And this is like just really budget friendly. I think a family barbecue or a friend barbecue, whatever it might be, it Mm -hmm. can be adaptable for anything. And this can definitely, you know, it's recommended, honestly, for it to be done outside as well. So, I mean, the eating, the cooking, so much of it is outside. Also, I think the little charcuterie one is like a date night at home, you know? Mm, Yes. And I think that that when you have children, um, it can be hard sometimes to leave the leave the house. You know, (laughs) it can be hard. Um, And so doing a creative little date night at home and setting them up with pizza and a movie um, in the other room is fun, too. And just kind of yeah, just being together. Yeah. And Dave is a fireman. So you guys have a schedule that's all over the place and you've got young kids and you're homeschooling. And so we are in these seasons where sometimes that's what's needed. And so all of these Mm -hmm. things you have actually done and you have photos of your family doing these different things or photos. These are your photos. So that's a really Mm -hmm. cool thing. And all of them are different budgets. So for the gourmet grilling, we're talking about less than $10 a person. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could even charge then. 
Right. Like say you're doing it with a large friend group or something and you specify beforehand, like, Hey, I just want everybody to chip in this amount, you know, yeah. because people do that. I mean, recently on the camping trip, we all pitched in for food, you know, right. and that was no big deal. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that's a way that you can really plan things out ahead of time because mm -hmm. if you don't plan it out ahead of time, it can cost a lot of money to be hospitable right. and to have people over. And mm -hmm. this breaks it down so that you can know. And what you've done is you've balanced it out too. So if burgers are kind of expensive, then mm -hmm. Rice Krispie treats are not. So that's right. a great dessert to pair together. And so what you've done mm -hmm. is you've balanced it out for people. Okay. So tell us about this little ladies tea party that you did for your niece. Yeah. So this was an end of like a farewell to kindergarten party that Clara wanted to do for her classmates. And, um, you know, for kids, we didn't do the hot tea. We did the pink lemonade and teapots mm -hmm. and stuff. So nobody got hurt, but it was awesome. All the kids came over. We had little, at the time we had little bunnies. They were playing with the bunnies outside and they had little like fairy, little gift, you know, favors. And they were playing fairies just under the trees on, in the picnic tables in the picnic area. It was just very, very sweet. And little tea sandwiches, just so cute. <laughs> so this tells people how to do that. I love to have good party ideas, especially mm -hmm. for kids, good birthday party ideas. Yes. And what can you do and what can you serve? And so this one's in there, $10 a person, not too bad for mm -hmm. a special kids party. Yeah. And you are really good at thrifting. So a lot yeah. of your things that you have, I know you've accumulated over the years and collected just special things. Mm -hmm. What are some of your thrifting tips? Um, I would say kind of look at what you already have to work with at home and what you're missing. So what you wish you had and you kind of do like a thrift, like wish list. And I mean, nine times out of 10, you'll find it. So you just go in there with, you know, like expectations for good things. <laughs> and really, I mean, there's so much, there's so much that gets donated or, um, you know, because a lot of people I feel like don't, they think that they'll host parties and then maybe they don't because they don't have the bougie on a budget book to show them how. And so they mm -hmm. donate, <laughs> they donate their things. And um, so you know the budget beneficiary of that. <laughs> so, I mean, you, I found. This might I mean, change the world, Megan. It might, it might. It might even change what's available at the thrift stores. Yes. Yes. So it's like, you know, you could go, I found like um, entire sets of China and beautiful platters and all this stuff. And it's like, you check out and it's like 20 bucks, you know? So it's wow. really, really budget friendly to shop at the thrift store. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you found a chocolate fountain. Yes, a chocolate fountain I have found. Um, gosh, what else crazy thrift finds have I have I found? I mean, just there's so many. I probably couldn't uh, even pick. You just found one. my pig bowl. I've yes. got a nice pig bowl. Actually, you found me a thing that said Virginia's Kitchen. Oh yes, I did like so many years ago, and I was yeah. like, I will snatch that right up. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you can even find really sweet things for friends too. We get at thrift yeah. stores vases could because mm -hmm. or mason jar type things pictures they're a dollar or two so then throughout the summer we can take mm -hmm. little bouquets of flowers to friends and just yes. they don't have to give the thing back they just have right. it so that's yes. a fun thing to get at a thrift store or also if you're taking like a meal to maybe a family that's just had a baby or something get a casserole dish get everything from the thrift store and just say here take it and you don't have to get this back to me mm. you know because i feel like that's kind of stressful sometimes for the recipient <laughs> so yeah, it is kind of you there yeah, yeah to get out and I probably I feel like I still have stuff I have Kara Pritchett's uh 
<laughs> her casserole dish. Her name is probably even still on it, you know, and Winnie's seven. So it's been a long time. <laughs> you end up confiscating people's things. When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody, and my vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com outside for 15% off your first order. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported, and that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash 1000. Check it out. Right. Well, that's actually a really good idea, though. You could have a stack of them that yes. are fairly cheap. That's a really cool idea. And a lot of just different trinkets and things. Your home, and if people follow on Instagram, every time I come over, <laughs> and probably in the post, in the oh. post for this one, I have got so many pictures of your home. Because it's like coming oh. into like adorable country store. Every oh. season is <laughs> different you. inside and outside. Yeah. You know, we were just there for something, for your, for your birthday party. And birthday. there's a big truck out in front, like a half of a truck filled yeah. with flowers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, just cool things. And it changes season by season. You have a mm. huge nativity scene out at Christmas time. And so mm. it would seem like you have yeah. a lot of time, money, and mental space to make mm-hmm. it happen. I have none of those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you yeah. don't. You really don't have those. Yeah. And you talk a little bit in this book briefly, but like about your anxiety. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? Yeah. So 
I, yeah, I, I do definitely struggle. And as you know, with a lot of anxiety and I almost feel like, um, having people around for me helps sometimes people that are anxious, they hmm. kind of draw into themselves and they just want to be alone. And I feel better when I am, when I'm, when I feel like I'm being useful, when I feel like I'm like hmm. serving others. And when I have people around that are appreciative and if I'm doing something for you and making you feel special, I have less time to feel anxious and hmm. upset within, you know, because I'm, um, I feel like I'm contributing to positive. Activity. So yeah. there's a verse that says that in yes. Proverbs, it says, and not everyone that listens to the podcast reads the Bible, but I think Proverbs <laughs> is always a good one that people can read because it's just a book of wisdom. Just wisdom. So anybody can read that. So we all, mm-hmm. we all want wisdom. And it says he who refreshes others refreshes himself or he who waters others waters himself. It's something along those lines, yeah. different in different I translations. Agree. But that's kind of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's how it works. Yeah. It gets your mind off your own situation for a bit of time. And it doesn't have to cost a million dollars if you're on a tight budget and, you know, dealing with little kids and different types mm-hmm. of things. So you say, when I'm not breathing into a paper bag or practicing <laughs> grounding exercises, I like to make a weekday dinner feel like a fancy occasion. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's something that you do often. Yeah, yeah. The boys, uh, you know, I have two boys. I I did not uh, have any daughters, but I find that, you know, it really, it doesn't matter. The boys like fancy things too. You know, they want to drink, you know, sparkling cider out of a fancy cup and, you know, they want to practice putting a napkin in their lap and, you know, Mm -hmm. they're fine with it. And I I feel like I'm kind of raising some gentlemen, you know, that will kind of know how to treat someone someday and, it's also, I think, important for kids to see their parents uh, extending hospitality to other people and then also to them, you know, to feel like they're special and that they're wanted and they're worth the work that it involves. Oh, that's a really cool point because you do do that. So if people are on social media and follow along, they would see that you do that for your kids, mm-hmm. for that different holidays. And yeah. you always say, you know, you're not spending a million dollars. But mm-hmm. you are, cause like for Valentine's Day, for instance, yeah. tell us what you did for Valentine's Day. Okay. So, um, you know, Dave and I, my husband, Dave and I, we didn't go out and like leave the kids at home. What I did is I made like a family dinner and it was like, you know, fancy by, by my standards. So we had like steaks and we had, you know, potatoes and salad and the sparkling cider and this chocolate chip cookie cake. And I set the table really nicely for them. And they were like, wow, you know, Lincoln was like, I feel like I got to go put on a nicer shirt, you know? And so, and so they just kind of, we all just sat there and talked and ate fancy food and it was just very sweet. Yeah. They enjoyed it. They're really going to remember. And you do that for all the different holidays. Like go show your Easter baskets and things mm-hmm. like that with a lot yeah. of great ideas. And your boys are six and 11. Six and 11, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they're yeah. just joining in with all the things. It doesn't, okay. yeah, and that's special. Like you said, it's showing them different things that they can do, different things that they can support, different things that they can mm-hmm. just enjoy. And I know they, they're pretty good eaters. Yeah, they are. They're, um, you know, kind of more adventurous eaters. Like we went to Florida recently and they both tried uh, oysters on the half shell, Mm -hmm. um, which is pretty scary for a kid. I mean, it looks pretty unappetizing, but they were like, oh, I mean, I've never had it. Right. And so Bentley, actually, my 11 year old, 
uh, enjoyed it. And Lincoln was a no, but I was like, Hey, you tried it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think it's kind of important to expand their palates. You don't just want, um, to have your kid only eating chicken nuggets and fries and, you know, cheese and stuff. So it's like, you know, open up the possibilities for them. And, mm-hmm. and we always t- do what I call like a no thank you bite, just take one bite. And then if it's a no thank you, it's okay. But <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that idea. Well, it's, yeah. a, it's an interesting concept because it's one of the things that prepares kids for being older and for Mm -hmm. dating and for different situations in life where you find yourself in places where you need to eat what's there. Yes. (laughs) And that's your option. So, and and Stephen Ranella talks about, and he's got this show called Meat Eater, but he just talks about hanging out with the cool people when you're older. And part of that comes from having experiences and being able to talk about things. And part of that comes from being able to be in a social setting yeah. And be able to assimilate in the way that other people are there. So these different things, they add a lot of social time to your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you put in the time and energy and they add a lot of new experiences and flavors and colors and smells yeah. and that type of thing. Now, do you find that the boys enjoy cooking or do they just enjoy the eating? Um, they both are very interested in cooking. Lincoln, my youngest, is pretty interested in any kind of cookie making that's going on. And um, and that's really good for kids. You know, it can be frustrating, I think, sometimes having kids in the kitchen because <laughs> they can be a little, you know, they'll spill things or whatever. But it's like, just take a deep breath and, and let them help you, number one, because they're much more likely to eat it if they've helped you make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, you're really kind of fostering um, good things in them, like their fine motor skills when they're, you know, measuring things out and putting things into bowls and all of that. So that's good. So Lincoln enjoys helping with that. And then Bentley, he can make a lot of things for himself. Like he can make breakfast, he can make scrambled Mm -hmm. eggs, he can make, you know, so it's like in the morning, I always tell him, I'm like, I'm not making breakfast unless it's, you know, like a big breakfast. I'll say you have to figure it out. And a lot of times Bentley will make uh, food for himself and for, for Lincoln too. So Mm, yeah. Yeah. And just even with the math, I know you talk about like that was not Mm -hmm. your favorite subject in school. So we knew each other back in the day when we're having to take all these classes. And Mm -hmm. now here you are doing food and multiplying recipes and having recipes. So Mm -hmm. talk Mm -hmm. about how just those real world experiences has helped with your like academic things. Right. I mean, no one would believe it if I told you how bad I am at math. It really has just (laughs) been a lifelong like mental block for me. I mean, I could do the basics, thankfully. But when I was a senior in high school, I was in the lowest math class that was available to anyone. And I was not doing well. And um, and what it was, was like, well, number one, I don't care about it that much. I feel like when you yeah. really are, are good at something, it's something that you care about. But mm-hmm. I also just couldn't grip it fractions in particular. And then as I got older, and I started cooking and baking in particular, it was like all of a sudden fractions clicked for me when I was measuring this is a quarter of a cup and oh, an eighth is half of that, you know, whatever it is. It's like, okay, I need to scale this recipe up or I need to scale this recipe down. And I was able to do that. And it was like, gosh, in that math class, if somebody would have let me bake a cake, I would have Mm -hmm. gotten it a lot sooner. So I think it speaks to the different ways in which we all learn and stuff clicks for us. Mm -hmm. And that can definitely be in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. I think because I taught math. So yeah. <laughs> so I had the other end of the spectrum there, but right. not creative, right? So mm-hmm. I'm not creative like you are. We just come with these different things. And 
fractions was always an area where people would get stuck. Kids mm -hmm. would get stuck. And that happens in fourth grade-ish. It might have mm -hmm. changed because now they have younger kids doing things. It's fourth grade-ish. Right. And then for the rest of childhood, I would get these high schoolers that would say, I'm not good at math. I can't do it. And really, they just got stuck in fractions. And mm -hmm. fractions are very tricky because yeah. they're opposite of everything that you've learned up until this point. So you yes. learn that four is smaller than eight, but one yes. fourth is bigger than one yes. eighth. And I'm I mean, like, how confusing why? is that? Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. But if someone plays around with measuring cups, mm -hmm. that's in you forever. And then if you're trying to figure out how do you divide it in half or how do you double it, mm -hmm. then all you have to do is think of your measuring cups. Exactly. And it'll help you to remember the rules and the formulas and how do you get from one thing to the other. And yes. now you are, I mean, your, your teachers would probably be amazed at you. Right. They'd be like, sorry, we should have let you bake a cake. <laughs> <laughs> because you are doing events for large right. groups of people, as yeah. well as cooking for your own family of four. And so you're mm -hmm. able to really scale up and scale down using math. Yes, totally. We thought I'd use it, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so your kids would do the same thing, like getting them in the kitchen, like you're talking about, is hands-on. It helps them, the smells, all of that stuff. It's like high oh, sensory experiences doing cooking, and it does a lot for the parent and for the child. Mm -hmm. So you've got some other ideas of books that are going to be coming out. Yes. So we people can start with Bougie on a Budget. Mm -hmm. And then they can anticipate what are some, so once you kind of put one thing out in the world, then yes. you start thinking about all the other things, mm -hmm. what might come next. So tell us some of the other yes. things. Um, so I'm working on two kind of simultaneously right now. The first one is called What the Fork is for Dinner. And <laughs> this one nice. is going to be a collection of probably about 10 to 12, just easy weeknight meals <laughs> for people. <laughs> I had to think of a catchy title. Um, and then, <laughs> Does your mom approve? Deb, does Debbie approve? I know. Debbie actually did laugh at the title. So we're okay. good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes. Um, and then the other one is book one of a series called How to Host. And this mm. will take um, individual events one by one and break them down. And the first event would be a book exchange party. So I'm hoping to have that one out in time for the fall, in time for cozy book reading and tea drinking time. So, yeah. Oh, I'm so excited about And I'm coming. Of See, course. this is I'm the beneficiary. <laughs> yes. uh, you're, you're one of those friends that you don't want to get stolen away. Oh, I love like, it. You're kind of like, well, and here I have you on the podcast. But listen to everyone listening. Sorry. Oh. She's taken. Oh. And... <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but because I'm going to get to come to all the things, which is super exciting, but a book exchange party and you have a how to host. I mean, several of these actually are how to host Yes, a game mm -hmm. night fiesta, girls game night mm -hmm. and the little yep. lady tea party. So people can kind of get a feel for that in this book. I mean, you might even do the Pinewood Derby. I mean, so many ideas yep. on different types of things to host. There's really cool party ideas out there. One of the ones that you and I talked about recently was a guinea pig party yeah. where everyone makes something that they've never made before. Josh made fun of it, but everybody I, makes something that they've never made before. And you yeah, basically you, use each other as guinea pigs. I love and then it. We did a favorite things party. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that was a fun one. I wish I could have made it to that one. That was the I time know. when I was catering and I was like elbow deep in 30 pounds of shrimp. 
<laughs> so, I remember. I'd rather been at the favorite things party. <laughs> yeah. But everyone brought one of their favorite, like if it's your lip balm or your favorite, I can't remember. I brought the um the dough stirrers, I think. And also oh, this yeah. little salad. I think I gave yours away though, because you weren't mm-hmm. there. I gave okay. it to Brooke. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it to someone. Sorry. Oh, right. I need to backtrack and re-get you your things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was a fun yeah. one. So it's fun to have just different ideas to host. And in life, it's come up a couple of times. I've been talking to different authors and there's an author named Mike Rucker who wrote mm-hmm. a book called The Fun Habit. And then an author, John Lavelle, who wrote a book called The Warrior Poet Way, which is oh, about like this sort of strength and also sensitivity of a man. It was a sort of a strange book for me to read but I also really mm-hmm. liked it. And they both talk about this thing called a memento mori, mm-hmm. which is like a, a symbolic thing, maybe a physical object that reminds you to put in the work basically right. and to do the thing. And mm-hmm. it's hard and you don't know if people are going to show up and are they going to want to come and are they going to think your idea is right. stupid and all these right. different things. Is your food going to turn out? Are you going to have enough time to clean the house and that type of thing? Mm-hmm. But you never regret. Like, I mean, we'll always remember the Pinewood Derby and we'll always mm-hmm. remember the Mother's Day tea. And I know you've hosted so many things at your home parties with the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And yes. so <laughs> people remember those details and you have these distinct memories that actually what Dr. Mike Rucker says is it makes your life feel longer Mm -hmm. because you have had these different experiences. It's like, well, I mean, the dinner thing actually is really interesting, Megan, because Mm -hmm. I don't hardly remember any of our distinct dinners. Right. But if you do something special now and then, Mm -hmm. you can even make your everyday dinner be a little bit of an occasion and something that stands out for your family. So, talk to us about I mean dinner is a thing it is actually yeah. something I really struggle with and especially with being outside and prioritizing mm-hmm. hands-on experiences a lot of times there's not a ton of time mm-hmm. and that's something that kind of gets pushed by the wayside but I definitely someone was telling me the other day Megan that they're starting to make chicken out of a cell mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it grows in a lab and then it's not yeah. going to be labeled at restaurants so I was like okay I really need to make sure that we are yeah. cooking it out exactly and that's so scary yeah (laughs) well this is what they said now here's the thing I mean you hear things and you're like I haven't read about it but this is what they said Megan it's someone that I trust that Uh runs a farm and sometimes people read things that you haven't read so I mean don't take it as bible truth but anyway what this person told me was that they're trying to make lab-grown meat grow it in the lab it's easier less messy I don't know who knows Mm -hmm. but you take the cell and it grows and it turns into chicken or something like that. But in yeah. order to make it grow really fast, because they're trying mm-hmm. to produce more food, they're using cancer cells. <laughs> oh, gosh. Amazing. I was like, okay, so I don't even a- know where it's at in the process or anything like that. But right. we want to cook at home for a lot of reasons. It's more economical, it's healthier, mm-hmm. even if you wrote a really interesting thing in here. Like you said, I can do a fancy dinner for my family and it costs about $10 a person. Mm-hmm. But truth be told, that's how much Wendy's costs. Oh, yeah. If you have a child that's, mm-hmm. you know, eight or older for like 10 or older, depending on how much they eat, mm-hmm. those meals can be 10, 12 bucks, right? At the fast food. So oh, yeah. you can do a fancy thing for your family. I mean, that's incredible. Thank you. Yeah. You know where it came from. I mean, honestly, when we were on a road trip recently and we went through the drive through there's just four of us, you know, but when you're getting each person a meal and you're, you know, really kind of your only option is like a soft drink, you know, 
we're not getting out of there for less than just under $50, you know? Wow. And yeah, it's wild. And, um, you know, and as far as like the, the Franken chicken and stuff, I mean, that's like, that's not even a no thank you bite. I wouldn't even make my kids <laughs> try it, you know? <laughs> right, right. Like, gosh, I, we don't, we have a hobby farm here and, and we do raise poultry, um, both for egg production and for, you know, uh, meat production as well. And I know that not everybody can do that. And I certainly wouldn't expect everyone to, but if you can, I would definitely recommend it or at the minimum, just try to know where your food is coming from. Really pick up what you're, uh, you know, buying at the grocery store and look at it and just take a minute and make sure it's not grown in a lab <laughs> for sure. Right. This episode is brought to you by Better Help. Question, what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit betterhelp.com slash 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 1000 hours. Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot. And for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum sealed and frozen at peak freshness. So you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last-minute get-together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chops hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chops' price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com outside120 and use code OUTSIDE120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code outside120 at goodchop.com slash outside120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash outside120 code outside120. From what I understood, it will be labeled in grocery stores so you can know, okay. but may not be labeled in a restaurant situation. And so right. it's just another reason to try and learn how to cook at home in fact, mm -hmm. Jill Winger, she has old-fashioned on purpose, and she says that's actually the first step towards self-sufficiency in homesteading, mm -hmm. is learning how to cook your own meals. And so yeah. give us a little preview of what's going to be in what the fork for dinner is for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
So um, last night, actually, I started kind of taking some pictures for the book and um, I made some easy French dip sandwiches. This is uh, it was a big hit yesterday. Um, we've had them before, but I kind of upped the ante a little bit with some uh, flavorings. But this is, you know, cost effective. This is something that you can put in your crock pot. This is not mm. something that's labor intensive. The most, uh, you know, I would say difficult part of the recipe is just making sure you don't burn the cheese under the broiler. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the meat cooks in the crock pot, the au jus or the dipping sauce that you dip your sandwich in is right there in the crock pot. And then you just serve some simple sides and you've got a really nice feeling, nutritious weeknight dinner. And um, I think people think that it's so hard sometimes or it's so time consuming. And there's a difference, I always say, between something that's hard and something that just takes some time. But that time doesn't necessarily have to be hands on for you. It can be the time that this is cooking in the crock pot. All you have to do is just remember to hit the start button, you know, and wow. let it go. So, yeah, it's um, I just want to point out to people that you can cook at home. You don't have to spend, number one, all the money on purchasing food from restaurants or fast food places. And you're going to get better nutritional value, too. Mm -hmm. So this yeah. one that you had in Bougie on a Budget is a $40 meal for four people. Mm -hmm. So ten dollars yep. a person. Yep. This is cheaper than fast food. Mm -hmm. And you have a check it's a the menu is a chicken fettuccine, a salad, a bread, a cake, a really special cake, and a drink. Mm -hmm. And so you yes. can do all of that to have this fancy dinner for your family for less than it costs to eat at fast food. So this book also includes a pantry list. That's mm -hmm. gotta be pretty hard to narrow down it is. what you think people should have in their pantry. How did that go? Well, I was thinking to myself as I was writing these recipes and then also doing the budget breakdown. It was like, if, if you had to buy every single item in the recipe as you were doing it, it would be out of the budget. Mm -hmm. um, however, if you're just going to go ahead and say, I am going to stock my fridge, freezer, and pantry, and I'm going to incur a little bit of the extra cost in the beginning, mm -hmm. so I have these things, then it ends up being much better for your budget. So having, right. you know, having things in your pantry that you can throw other meals together. I mean, that aren't in this book, which mm -hmm. I, I would love to do eventually too, like a cooking from the pantry book too, mm -hmm. because a lot of times that is happening. A lot of times I haven't had time to get to the store that week. And I'm like, okay, what do I have in my freezer and pantry that I can make something good out of? Which is a huge skill. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's fun to do. It's kind of like playing chopped with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. <laughs> okay. So tell us what is bougie? Like for someone oh, who wouldn't know. Right. Yeah. It's like this uh, slang term. And um, my six-year-old actually, you know, anytime that I do anything that he deems as fancy, you know, he'll say, mom, you're so bougie. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, where do you get this stuff? But uh, bougie on a budget has kind of been a term floating around um, on the internet for a long time. And it's just basically, you know, a way to say I'm doing something that looks opulent and special and expensive, but it's really not because I did it on this budget, you know, mm -hmm. and you can do it too. And, um, you know, looks can be deceiving sometimes, thankfully, right? <laughs> so, yes. yes. So it's a lot of fun. And it's a, just a, a way to be creative and say, you know, how can I do this 
on a dime really and make people think I spent a million bucks. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell us about the catering that you do on the side. What are some mm -hmm. of your favorite types of catering jobs? Yeah. So I've done, um, I really, I think my favorite would be doing like sweet tables for weddings and stuff. Um, I remember a wedding I did a few years ago that was on a farm. It was like a, a barn wedding. And they wanted a wedding cake, obviously, but then they wanted this whole table of like cookies and little mini cakes and, um, you know, everything decorated like, you know, rustically with like flowers. And I'm not a huge, like I do wedding cakes, but I'm not a huge um, user of like fondant or things that are kind of like, they look like plasticky. Not that not that they're not beautiful. I just don't do it. Um, mm -hmm. I really prefer to do that rustic natural. Um, but I think it's more interesting sometimes to have the food um, be decorated with the ingredient that's inside of it so that people know what they're eating. Hmm. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty, it's something that's, you know, not pretending to be something else. So I, I enjoy that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. And then I was like a flowers. Remember, yeah. do you remember when I try to copy? I was like, ooh, I've got a lot of flowers in my backyard and I just like yeah. shoved them in a cake. And it's like did not look good at all. It looked no, it did not. I was like, okay, there is a lot of skill to this that I am missing. But you were saying something else. Oh, I've done, you know, uh like I did a graduation party last year, which was a lot of fun. There's so many different things, you know, and I've also done very fancy parties, holiday parties, you know. I think it's fun to do uh, a mixture of of the catering. It's it's you get a lot of experience and people are always so sweet and they're so grateful that you made them something and mm -hmm. yeah, they love it. <laughs> and it is an interesting thing that you brought up though. When you bring up the mixture, you have really done, when you talk about experience and you've been doing this for a long time, it's something you were mm -hmm. interested in even as a kid, mm -hmm. you always would make everyone milkshakes from scratch, yes. all sorts <laughs> of different things. So this is going back decades of time and you have got this really big foundation of types of things that you have done that makes you unique, that you've yeah. done the Pinewood Derby, to mm -hmm. the kids tea party, to the yeah. holiday party, to the wedding. I mean, all of these different things. This one's talking about a girls game night and playing yeah. Mall Madness. And yes. so this is a very broad array of experiences and things that you have done, even down to your own personal family holidays, because mm -hmm. every Christmas you do something new. Yes, every Christmas Eve, there's a new theme. And I, I'm blessed to host Christmas Eve here at the house. And um, what I usually do is pick a country. And I make all of the food that is Christmas food from that country. And, um, you know, so we've had Italian Christmas, Bon Natale, we've had French Christmas, we've had, gosh, uh, Feliz Navidad, we've had, you know, all of these mm -hmm. different ones, a German Christmas. What did you do last year? Um, last year, gosh, now I can't even remember it. It might've been the British Christmas because I am a lover of all things British culture and the queen, God rest her soul. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, I just, I love all of that. I actually went to London in my early twenties and I can't wait to go back someday. Mm -hmm. I love all the food and I love Nigella. Nigella Lawson is my favorite, hands down favorite British chef and TV personality. Mm -hmm. When I grow up, I want to be her. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I used her Christmas book, her Christmas cookbook for quite a bit of that. And it was a hit. Everybody enjoys oh, it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and think about how much you're learning. It is yeah. a really fascinating thing to think about how much you can learn through food. 
Yes. When we talked so, about math, but now you're talking about cultures and you're talking about geography mm-hmm. and you're talking about different flavors and different vocabulary mm-hmm. and different words of things. I think you learn that there's a lot more variety of food than we even realize than what's right oh, in the grocery yeah. store. You're trying to get different types of ingredients. Mm-hmm. And so that's a great way for kids to learn as well. Totally. Maybe that can be the next series, which is like right. a cooking around the world or Christmas yes. around the world yes, type that would be series mm-hmm. yes. to show some of the different parties you've done over the years. Totally. And I think also it's important when your family has like recipes that you make, like there's family recipes, there's family lore, you know, around certain things. And it's like that started somewhere. So when you are exploring this food from other cultures, you can almost kind of see um, where maybe something originated. But food is alive. It's like language. It's always changing and it's always adapting. And you can take something and make it your own just by adding or omitting something. You know, it's like what whatever you like, whatever you don't like, just change it and try it out and see. And I think Mm -hmm. kids enjoy that too. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of creativity, a lot of trial and error. So bougie Mm -hmm. on a budget, let's just remind people where they can find you. It's the bluebirds nest is your platform. So if they're Mm -hmm. finding on Instagram, there's underscores at the front and the back. Mm -hmm. And there's just a lot of great information on there. You show really cool special things that you're doing with your family, like the French dip sandwiches were on there recently. And you're showing Mm -hmm. your different parties and you're showing your family and how you're doing things. So like, for example, you had a cake recently that has oranges and limes on the top of it, along with beautiful Mm -hmm. flowers. Yeah. So that shows what you were just talking about. Yes, like it was an orange and lime flavored cake. And I thought mm-hmm. it was kind of important to say this is, you know, you, you eat with your eyes first, um, you know, so this is what you'll be eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, yeah. you know, it's beautiful too, that, that food can be really beautiful. I think there's what's prettier than like a lime slice or an orange slice. I mean, you can like hold it up to the light and see through it. I, I love that. So it's like, it's you know, so like true. little stained glass windows on your cake. <laughs> Oh, and I love stained glass. I agree. I've definitely marveled many times at the insides of citrus fruits. Yeah, like what? It's all these like little things. They're like what? Oh, this grew out of a tree. Yeah. What? It's mm-hmm. so incredible, and that there's so many different varieties of citrus. Yes. And then additionally, beyond the baking, beyond the parties, beyond the entertaining, you have a small hobby farm. So people, if they're looking for inspiration, can come there too. Tell us a little bit more about your farm. Yeah, so we have um, just a six-acre property here in uh, kind of a semi-rural area of Michigan. It's not quite as uh, rural as some. But we do have uh, six acres here. We have chickens, like I said, um, both as kind of like pet and egg layers. And then we also do, you know, some meat production with that. My husband is threatening to get goats all the time. Uh, And and pigs. (laughs) And pigs. Yes, there's been lots of talk of that. And uh, so he's kind of working on clearing a space for those. And I'm not helping. So um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you know, if you get it done, that's great. Go ahead. You know, (laughs) and uh, we have ducks as well. Little Indian runner ducks, which are very cute. And they stand up really tall and and they're very sweet. Uh, We're having a wedding here. We've had a, a couple of weddings here at the farm. But we're having a wedding here in August, some family friends, and we have never had a ceremony here on site. So this is the big project right now. We're working to clear the ceremony space and we've made this big clearing in the woods. Um, So our friends are going to get married under all these beautiful tall trees and we're building benches out of logs and hopefully they will love it. (laughs) Aw, that's so special. And you have a big garden. 
We do. Yeah. Big garden. I'm growing lots of tomatoes right now. And I just discovered just in time that my green beans are actually alive and well. They were hidden under all their leaves. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad I caught it before they grew too big. There's nothing worse than that. (laughs) Yeah. I just had green beans at your house the other day, remember? So this, I mean, this is a unique thing. I think this is, you know, people should be following along because you have these unique ideas that, I mean, I'm in my forties and have Mm -hmm. never, ever, ever Well, tell us what you put out. The green beans, I did um, a ranch dip and a veggie tray, and we had the raw green beans, cucumbers, and carrots. And I just think green beans are so good dipped in ranch dressing. (laughs) So, Yeah, yeah. and these these green beans that aren't cooked, you know, you didn't cook them. Yeah, exactly. No, I didn't. They're just raw. And yeah. yeah, So you could grab your green beans right out of the garden and put them with a ranch dip, a homemade ranch dip. Yeah. And that's incredible. Uh, yes. And I love it. the kids love raw veggies. They just eat them right out of the garden. And I feel like, you know what? That's great. <laughs> so Yeah. I remember eating raw green beans out of my grandma's garden. They would have been a lot better with ranch dip. Yeah, so ranch dip. <laughs> yes. life is better with ranch dip. Most things are better. <laughs> yeah. So bougie on a budget and lots more books coming. So people you need to make sure they're following along. And these really give great ideas for hospitality indoors or out. And, and I think that's a really fun part of it that a lot of the hospitality can happen outdoors. And then you don't have to be quite so concerned about your home, the yeah. entirety of your home. People can just be outside and they can expand and there's a little bit more space and you can maybe include more people and things like that. So lots of amazing ideas. Make sure you check out the ebook. It's only 12 bucks, bougie on a budget, more to come. Megan, this is a funny question. Yes. Because we always end the podcast. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) With your favorite childhood memory that was outside. Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, My favorite childhood memory outside. (laughs) Or maybe your least favorite. Oh, my gosh. Um, God, you know, I was a kid that that kind of spent a lot of time inside. My kids are getting a lot more outside time than, than I did. And I spend the most outside time of my life when I'm with you. So <laughs> and that's great. And I love it. Um, I think that um, probably I'll say my least favorite. So there there was a time when, <laughs> when my mom was uh was kind of forcing the outside issue. You know, she was really sick of me being inside and she said, you have to go outside and play. And I was just, you know, fighting this. And so she actually had a big fenced in yard, you know, and this was the nineties and she was like, okay, I am locking the door. (laughs) So she like locked the, uh, the patio door and I just laid on the deck and cried. And (laughs) eventually she let me back in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that is a unique answer. No one's yes. ever given that answer before. But one, but one of the favorite though is remember the time that we went swimming at my grandpa's pool at his Aww. condo. You and I did, and yes. um, he was so dear, one of my favorite people. And he took us to the pool, and we were teenagers, but he sat there and watched us the whole time to make sure yeah. we were. Safe. <laughs> I, I love that. Yes. And what a special! Those are such special memories with grandparents. Mm-hmm. I love when grandparents do like a little bit of eccentric things, like yes. hey, you know, like we could drive and like go anywhere, but sure walk us to the pool that'd be great (laughs) watch us the whole time even though we're 17 (laughs) yes yes I'm a lifeguard but that's all right you know (laughs) just the best oh and just having those conversations though it gives you time to have conversation and it just allows time to slow down a little bit so I love it Megan way to go 
way to go on your ebook it is beautiful it's beautiful and it is one of those books that will really help to enhance your life and there's more to come so you got to make sure you're following along so you don't miss out the bluebird's nest and and we'll have you back on when some of these new ones come out what the fork is for dinner i definitely need that one and can't wait so thank you for being here thank you (laughs) bye When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.